0: Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We are your idiot, Marianne, Michelle, and Francesco, from Pneumatic Minds. Capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets. And tell them a lot of bad jokes. Then, we use their knowledge to
1: invest in emerging market startups.
0: Because this is the most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at numaticlines.capital. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ultimate and latest episode of VC for Stupid Idiots, where we go one VC wheel with us, and obviously I'm the idiot. Yeah, we're going to talk about others that feel to be the king of investment in the Global South. So Will, do you want to tell us something about what you do?
1: Well, first of all, I, I'm not sure I could quite claim to be king of the investment in the Global South yet, but I mm-hmm. certainly have some aspirations to, uh, to go there. And, uh, and what we do is we look for companies in the hot entrepreneurial uh, cities of the Global South And um, we actually look for them in a special way, which is alongside of other uh, investing partners. So we don't invest directly ourselves, but we invest with fund managers that we have vetted and gotten to know and uh, visited them. They visited us. Uh, we We invest in their firm and then we look at their companies and the ones that make sense, we invest in them. And we also then try to help them uh, help them get into the hyperscaling. So we'll help uh, connect them to other other CEOs across the Global South, help them connect to the people we know in the North, and help them build their business. So that's what we're about. Great. So you source your companies
0: from your local investor, and then you invest in the, the la creme de la creme of those companies, correct? Exactly. So how would you define a top company from a not so good company. So I've seen for like, I've seen you investing for instance, in global ventures. Okay. So global comes with you, the company one company you say, this is great. One company you say, Hmm, describe me these two companies.
1: Sure. So, uh, you know, like all investors, we have a variety of, of criteria that we look at and it always starts with the founder and, or, or at least even the founding team. And, and we tend to invest in an in early growth company. So, so we're looking for a company that's been, that's you know, probably shown its product market fit. It's shown that it knows how to scale. The founder has a great team around him or her, and, and they're really ready to uh, you know, put the you know, pedal to the metal as it were and accelerate. And so those are the things we look for. So often our partners will have good companies, but they're just not ready for us yet. Or they'll have companies that are in sectors that aren't really aligned with our broader interests, and so we look for places where we've got a great team, companies ready to acc- accelerate and scale, and that we can offer some value because of our network and our expertise that we have from many, many years of, of tech and global south investing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. So uh, this the, actually like a reminder of, of a of a thing. So do you know what what does my grandma's teeth and the star have in common? you have to tell me that one. Okay, the, the boat comes out tonight. So uh, regarding steel or investing on the global south, what I'm thinking, so when, when you speak to people, they always come up with a soft bank story and Marcelo Duarte, the, for the first time, he decided to invest tons of money into Lata. okay, later. And Gray IRR, so one of the greatest IRR probably for that, the big of us fund that you can imagine. So everyone now start looking into Lata. Okay, that's great.
1: What's the next LATAM for you?
0: Is it Africa? Is it Southeast Asia?
1: Well, let, let me start by saying that my partner, Susana Garcia-Robles, she started investing VC in LATAM in 1999, <laughs> uh, when she was the Inter-American Development Bank. So at our partnership level, we have seen uh, how long it takes for ecosystems to develop. And we've also seen when they hit the inflection point and they can really take off, like, like what you just described with SoftBank coming into into LATAM, and I think there was a, a new uh, new unicorn birthed in uh, in Brazil today. Happens all the time. So so we've been uh, very interested in India for north of a decade, and of course they've already started to produce really great results. Southeast Asia, particularly Jakarta and and Singapore-based companies covering the region, they're already coming up. I think Africa is, is clearly the next frontier. I would say that it's even ahead of where many people thought it was. Right? Who would have thought there's a bunch of unicorns in West Africa? But that's happening. The fact is that um, pretty much anywhere there's talent, there's opportunity here for for substantial returns. And and what we do is we look for places where, where the talent is there and the money is starting to flow. Mm-hmm. Got
0: it. And then I guess like. The main problem is that the majority, correct me from wrong, okay? The majority of the capital is actually right now in the Bay Area in the States, more than one trillion there. There's not a lot, obviously, there's not a lot of money in Africa, there's not a lot of money in India, there's not a lot of money in Southeast Asia, so that's the gap. And people are like more and more interested into those markets because they clearly can see there's a big growth. Although there's a big lack of trust because, to be honest, they don't know either the culture, they don't know the, the ecosystem or anything. So they usually invest into let's say pre-vetted companies, so Series A and Series B and above. And you, you it seems to be the same, but I'm like that's what you state, etc. What are the other, let's say, suggestions or advices that you will give to a fund to a I don't know, an angel investor based out of I don't know, Oakland or Seattle to start looking into those companies? How what are the well, main well, 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 mistakes?
1: Let me back up a little bit. First of all, there is capital flowing in significant amounts. And, and the the increase of flow is double digit um, in, in most of the entrepreneurial hotspots in the global south. I mean, we're, we're talking about anywhere from 30% from to, to 100% compound growth rates of, of capital flowing in. So, so it's happening and it's accelerating fast as we speak. That's number one. Number two, while we as a global investor, our direct investments come in, as you said, to, to early growth and growth, But we invest through our partners who are all investing in seed and pre-seed, right? So so there is capital available through well-established, high-quality, generally fairly small venture funds in these areas that are able to support the entrepreneurs earlier on in the game. And and that's I think a key thing for the reason you just said it's knowing the ecosystem, knowing knowing the culture, being able to establish the trust with the entrepreneur, and that's really hard to do if you're sitting in Seattle or or, or Oakland or any or London, right? And you're trying to understand the the local context of of somebody that's doing a payment system in Egypt, right? It's hard to do. But it's a lot easier to do if you are actually right there in egypt if one of your partners of your fund is egyptian and you're able to understand the culture and make a bet on somebody that's going to go into hyperscale a company early on and and um and so that's what we see happening if you're to your question about if you're an angel investor sitting in a western country do you want to be making early stage bets in in emerging markets uh, in the global south i'd say the answer is not not unless you want to consider it to be like roulette you know, in Las Vegas, right? It's 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 just too much risk. The chance of you picking the right entrepreneur at the right time in the right market is relatively low. Now, there are a lot of people who are placing bets through y, using Y Combinator as their effectively as the filter, right? So they say, hey, if somebody comes through YC, then that's good enough. Well, there's going to be like a thousand people in the next YC cohort, and I, that's I'm not sure if you're going to be able to bet on that filter as being the right filter to to say. You know, unless you're gonna bet on all of them, right, and have an index, I think it's going to be pretty hard to say I'm gonna pick the right people out of a 1,000 in a YC cohort. So I think it's challenging to do very early stage small bets unless you're doing it in the context of a partnership with somebody that knows, really deeply knows the entrepreneurial ecosystem and the culture and knows who they can bet on and not. So the
0: suggestion is, guys, if you wanna look into Africa, if you wanna look in Southeast Asia, that's a massive opportunity, but find someone that can hold your hands yeah
1: you know invest in a fund and then invest alongside them right yeah get get, right so so many funds will are happy to do co-investing so in fact we've done this three times in the past six months so we've actually brought our lps us-based for the most part we brought them into deals in other countries through an spv yeah and and so there we we effectively de-risk it for them we're doing the diligence they still have to you know ultimately make the decision but, but we take care of it. And also, there's tax issues. There's lots of complexity around making investment in, in another jurisdiction. So you don't want to do that stuff lightly. So I, I really do recommend going alongside of somebody you know and trust.
0: Mm, yeah, 100%. 100%. And yeah, so totally relevant question. How do you make an egg roll?
1: Uh, I would buy that at Trader Joe's. Actually, you just push it.
0: And um, so, um, yeah... Another like sorry, sorry, I told you they were like yeah, um, yeah. and so so you've seen a lot of successes so far, and that's a fact. So you've been really successful, you you guys have been like investing since the early days of VC. So think in retrospective. What is one or two common traits that every or almost every success story have in common?
1: This is actually an interesting topic that we ask ourselves on a regular basis. Every time you start a new fund, what you do is you look back and you say, "Okay, what were, what were our wins and what were our mistakes in the last fund?" Right, and we're now starting fund four, and so we've, we've made plenty of mistakes over time. Right, and I'd say that the the things that that the successful, most successful investments have in common are with founders who Number one, have an amazing amount of grit and determination, right? Because you, you got to be able to roll with whatever comes your way and, and get through it. I've, I've been a founder myself, so I've you know, been there. So that, that's, that's number one. Number two is they've got to be exceptional fundraisers. And we've actually had some good founders who are not good fundraisers. And that's a problem. And it's a problem for two things. One is they can't get enough Fuel to, you know, run their, run their company. And number two is if their competitors are good fundraisers, they're going to get run over. And so they've got to be good themselves and they've got to be able to raise money to be competitive. And you can get away with being a mediocre fundraiser if the market isn't well-developed, and there's not much competition. So if you're, if you're an okay fundraiser and you're, you're moving along, you're growing slowly, you know, maybe you'll do okay. But if it's in a highly competitive market, and and the CEO down the block, um, she's an awesome fundraiser, and she's in the same business, she's going to raise twice, three times the amount of capital as you do. She's going to hire better people, and and you're going to you're going to get left left in the ditch. And we've seen that happen. So I think that those are the things that that have the two fundamental things: There's grit and determination and the entrepreneur and ability to, to fundraise. And if you get those two right, you can get you can make a lot of other mistakes and still succeed. Yeah,
0: 100%. So this actually reminds us, this is not a joke, it reminds of a true story. We met these startups back in time and they were in Czech Republic. And yeah, they got sold for 150 million. So big success story for us, we felt like super smart. But then the company that acquired them is worth 4 billion. They do the same, exactly the same thing. They just raised 200 million more. So at the end of the day, like is not as it's as important as being a successful business actually raising as much money as you can.
1: Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. that's all there's to it. Right? And I also like this this theme that you watch, I mean, I think this is one of the main theme of your, let's say, life mission is like, so 85% of the fastest growing company are all in the Bay Area. What kind of water this guy drinks? That's the thing. So The reality is that probably they're gonna have uh, easy access to capital, roads, model, et cetera, but the talent is everywhere.
1: Well, the, the talent is everywhere, but I, just this morning, I was um, interviewing a CEO for a, a, an event with some of our LPs and asking him about challenges he had in growing the company and access to talent is one of his key problems. And he's based in, in, uh, in Nairobi. And so even though he has talent at the top of his company, he's got an you know, established company, but he wants to grow. He wants to grow faster. He can't get the developers he needs. He can't get the sales guys he needs, right? He's just not able to grow it. So I think that talent is everywhere, but the market is really heating up, and so I think some of the hottest companies are hurting for being able to get the talent they need to grow, and they're stealing it from each other, which means the price of the talent is going up as well. So that's another point I think is everybody's going to have to learn how to, you know, maybe take advantage of what we learned from the pandemic and do more. You know, embracing of talent in completely different markets where they aren't maybe aren't quite as hot but the people are equally smart and work with them remotely in order to build companies i think that's going to have to happen too
0: yeah and it's also i mean i think it's a wonderful thing so it's like once you get the first exit you get like a lot of people trained and they're going to train all the people and stuff so there's an actual multiplier yeah and, and yeah so do you know why dinosaurs do you know why they can't they can't sing tell me because they are dead so Uh, Yeah, no, I know. uh, uh, I know a lot of jokes. I know a lot of jokes about unemployed people, but unfortunately, it don't work. So uh, uh, another thing uh, regarding. So let's suppose you're interviewing me, okay? I'm 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 a Series A founder, and I'm I'm talking to Will, trying to raise some bucks. What kind of question would you ask me, and how would you understand if I'm a greedy person
1: or not, given that this is the first thing that you consider like
0: the most important one? Yeah.
1: Well, what I might first do, even before I talk to you, is say how, you know, I look and see how you got there, right? What, what is your life story a little bit? And have you failed before? What, what kind of challenges did you have getting to being in that, you know, ready for a Series A investment? And then when I sit down with you, I might ask you a little bit about that question, right? How, you know, what what, what are the hardest things you've had to overcome? Um, what What's it taken to get the company this far? You know, have you learned from any interesting mistakes? So the, those are the kinds of things that, that, that i certainly sit down and look for. I, I frankly place less and less emphasis on the value of an interview because I've found some very capable people don't interview well. I've found some real losers interview like, like brilliantly. Yeah. And so you have to actually look and see what people have actually done and talk to other people about what they've done. And that's actually more important than what somebody tells you when they sit across the table from you
0: yeah definitely and then yeah it's always this problem you're never going to hire the person that you interview because doing the interview is someone else talking uh yeah. it's not exactly him yeah and well, the-
1: we, we actually i'll give you a better one though we, we had a had a hire um at one of our offices in india and um the person started and we determined within less than a week that that she actually hadn't that we, we gave her technical exercise to to you know verify her capabilities well, somebody had done that work for her she didn't actually know how to do what we hired her to do and so we we're like you, you you didn't do this work did you it's like well no Well, you know done yeah but um, so, so so that but i think and the other, the other thing we had we had another a an investment that went south that went poorly when a entrepreneur he faced some hard times you know competition something to work out the way he wanted and he basically said yeah, i quit not worth it Oh, he he just raised a bridge round and he just walked away, you know. I said, just shut up, and like you know. So that's the opposite of grit and determination. It's a guy yeah. who just just gave up when when you know. And, and we actually worked worked really hard to set things up for him. And so, how do you figure out if somebody's gonna you know gonna fold and walk away in the light of a hard problem, or are they gonna you know double down and power through it? And uh, and that's that. The only way you can find that out is by really understanding the character of somebody. Talking to the people that have worked with them, you almost want to you know interview their college friends and their mom, although they probably have some biases there.
0: Oh um, yeah. How many moms have you interviewed so far?
1: Uh, <laughs> I actually I've I've interviewed you know only one dad, but but we I knew that his, uh, his, his son was already very capable. But I haven't tried to do that
0: yet. Uh, yeah. So, 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 yes, Mrs. Weston, this is Will. So, just how's your, your song? Do well, they no, I share? Just on hiring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> never gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, we are about to finish. So, um, we usually do like three super fast questions. You just reply with the first thing that comes in your mind Which country can you expect a massive growth from?
1: Nigeria, okay,
0: got it. Also, like in fact, to be honest, like it's actually the highest the, the country with the highest percentage of crypto holders as of today. So it's actually will count. Another question: If you if you could write something in a billboard and where all the founders, all the investors can see, I don't know Sandil Road or Union Square, what would you write? Wow. What, 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 what sorry, why am I writing to, for founders? Just in a billboard, you just have to yeah. write big advice. Yeah. I mean, you can also write, I don't know, like, a, you can write whatever you want, but actually, I use it for advices.
1: Yeah. Uh, but
0: in my case, will would be like, ever look outside in Silicon Valley, it would be, ever look at Africa, something like this. What would you write?
1: Yeah. Um, what would I write? I, I, I certainly would say, um, Talent is everywhere. Go find it. Yeah. Excellent.
0: And then the last question of the
1: night. So what's red
0: and bad for your teeth? Newspapers? No, a brick. So thank you so much to our guest, Will. It's been absolutely great to see you here and have you here. And yeah, thank you so much to all our listeners, all three of you. You guys, thank you. You always support me. So have a great night and see you in the next episode.
1: I was playing Francesca.